So it's the 22nd of February. It's the Grouchy Club with Kate Copstick and John Fleming. Uh, because I got it wrong the first time and this yep. is a retake. Uh, and uh, we're doing this hopefully in about half hour um, audio podcast. And we're also going to bung 10 minutes on YouTube. Uh, details on uh, grouchyclub.co.uk. And don't panic. Yes, I actually have shrunk. I, I appear to have lost about six inches in height since the last podcast. As per last week, they said you can ignore this if you're actually listening to the longer audio version. Uh, but if you're watching the video version, we actually are bleached out with light. So I, I recommend watching the 10-minute uh, YouTube clip. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, so we, we, this, this is, like I say, Sunday the 22nd of February, and we've just done uh, the uh, Jewish Comedy Day in North London, uh, which and our, our show, The Grouchy Club, was uh, full of non-Jews. I think. Non-Jews? There were, there were two Jews and uh, about 15 uh, non-Jews. Wasn't there a... Wasn't there a- like semi-Jew or something. There was somebody who was... Yeah, we think there might have been one and a half Jews, yes. One and a half, yeah. Which is, but uh, the irony is the woman... So, who... there was, well, what, there was the... the um, I've forgotten his name. There was a boy, anyway, uh, who yeah. was kind of a lovely, rumpled-looking kind of... Josh. Teddy bear. Josh. What was his name? What was his second name? I have no idea. He was award-winning. He might have a award-winning. Of comedy. He was the best newcomer somewhere, yeah. uh, but arrived very late, uh, left halfway through our show, but he does seem to be quite nice. Well, for you, perhaps. I thought he was lovely. No, he was. He was lovely. In and he's room. bipolar, so yes. you can't really say anything nasty. Well, well, we said pretty nasty things about almost everybody. Anyway, but we must get on to the show. We don't know what it's about because we're we making don't. it... It's much like a Lewis Schaefer show. We're making it all up as we go along. Um, I don't believe Lewis Schaefer does make it all up as he goes along. Well, Lewis Schaefer does, and that's the most important thing. No, I'm sure he doesn't. I don't think he does. I think it's very, very well organised, carefully orchestrated, pinpoint writing of chaos. Copstick is very high on medicinal drugs at the moment. What are you on? Uh, I'm on a heady mixture, John, of tramadol and tia maria. I can highly recommend it. It seems to have got my projectile diarrhoea under quite a lot of control. The headache's still there, but I haven't vomited in several hours, which is a plus. And an abnormal for you. Uh, Well... Uh, at the moment, uh, I have to say, yes. Because it was going to be a more interesting show than it turned out to be, because we both have uh, rather problematic bowel problems. Indeed, mine's been quite... I don't know whether I brought mine back from Kenya, which would be really interesting, or whether it's just some kind of bog-standard bowel-loosening lurgy. Now, we don't have an interesting part in the, obviously, the Jewish comedy day about uh, comedy in Kenya, and you seem to have very... Uh, Interesting views on comedy in Kenya and the way it's developing. You're just saying that because you want to sit there and do nothing while I talk again. Yes, but if you see, if you're watching the, the YouTube, <laughs> I have a very nice shirt. <laughs> it's a finished bit, and I have got like little cufflinks made from cable ties, which I found on the floor in this otherwise quite kind of normal-looking room. So, so there wasn't there wasn't a Fifty Shades of Jew. Last week, Copstick had horns. Today, she just has little bits of plastic. Uh, to, to, yes, I'm missing the drumming. Uh, yes, yes, we did have drumming last week. Anyway, comedy in Kenya. Sorry, comedy in Kenya. Well, what's comedy in Kenya? How is it developing? Well, I, I was. I mean, it, there's been comedy in Kenya for not ever. I, I wouldn't know, but certainly a long, long, long time. When I went there at first in 2006. For, for your charity, Mama Biashara. For my well, it was for another charity then, but it quickly developed into for my charity, Mama Biashara. Um, there was a, a three-man group called Ridiculous, spelt wrongly, basically. I can't remember. It's Ridiculous, Ridiculous. And they were three large uh, black Kenyan men who whited up <laughs> uh, and wore the pith helmets and the full thing. And they were very slapsticky, but very, 
very, very funny. This wasn't thought to be racist. Well, you see, we're back to the, the, the iron grip that political correctness has on the balls of comedy these days, in my opinion. Uh, but no, it didn't, it wasn't thought to be. Although it's difficult to say racist over there because they were playing to an almost exclusively uh, black audience over there. And it was, it was very, very funny, just ripping the piss out of, it's all gone black. Uh, ripping the piss out of um, uh, the, the white colonialists. Now, uh, what's happening is there's a, 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 the rise and rise and rise of proper political stand-up. Um, there's a guy called Churchill, no relation, either to the dog in the advert or to the homicidal dipsomaniac who was our Prime Minister for... Uh, it's a bit harsh. Well, if it hadn't been during the war, he'd have been a good grief if he hadn't had people to kill justifiably. Lord knows what he might have done. The man was a Dreadful human being. Anyway, moving on. We're not going to destroy a national icon. We're going to talk about comedy in Kenya. Yes, well, it's... it's a, the ridiculous group. But, well, they're, they are um, not quite as much in evidence as, as they were, but uh, right across Africa, there's a, a, a huge comedy, uh, stand-up comedy scene. You know, big, big uh, um, venues, um, television. There's, I say, there's a guy called Churchill, no relation... Uh, who has a weekly show. It's massive. It's kind of like uh, Friday Night or Saturday Night Live. Uh, he's making obscene amounts of money. And apparently, some quite a few years ago, I don't know, a lot of years ago, there was a, a tour called Kings of Comedy that originated, I think, in Zambia and uh, took on comics from all over Africa. Uh, toured, toured the United States and was the highest grossing comedy uh, tour live of any. So we in the UK, we don't, we're not really getting the, the, the full kind of enormity of black comedy, black African comedy. I mean, we're, we're puddling about in the, in the shallows. Of black comedy. Although if you go, there are places in London that you can go in um, clubs in I went to one I might have been Tottenham where it's black comics for a black audience. It's fucking hilarious. Even although uh, when I went and it was a few years ago now I understood about fifty percent of what they said and the references, but it's a whole different league from even sometimes those same black comics doing comedy for a predominantly white audience and I I'm surprised because when I discovered this um, uh, discovered this scene it was two, like 2000 and uh, year 2000 1999 and I would have imagined that by now all of those different kind of little ethnic pools communities of comedy would have come up and out in their own right and that hasn't happened they haven't become bigger. All that's happened is that occasionally somebody comes from that community pool into the mainstream. You like in my water metaphor here, John? Um, and gets diluted, continuing the water metaphor. But I, I think that we could really do with more undiluted, proper, you know, other community comedy.
Well, now, surprised apart from goodness gracious me a lot, in fact, Indian comedy hasn't hasn't uh, risen in Britain, given the... Yes. Mm. Given the what, John? I, I, I have no idea. Babbling there. Given I, the what? I, I am babbling, given nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not to get complained about. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, I'll talk about rape and just take the heat off you. Yeah, tell me about rape. No. Um... Uh, no, no, no but there the, the, the must be... I've, I've never found this as a vast uh, uh, undercurrent of, of Asian humour that there must be out there. What? I've never found it. Oh, the, oh well, bec- mm, I don't know. I, I, I haven't found, uh, like, Asian <coughs> comedy or Indian comedy clubs. You, you'd think there must be. Yeah. There must be some absolutely stonkingly hilarious, uh, proper comedy clubs in Southall and places like that, in the same way that I saw, I don't even know if they're still running, but I saw those black comedy nights in black black comedy nights in um, uh, in Tottenham, it's fantastic, yeah. and it's a whole new world with new reference points. <coughs> and uh, do you want a drink? Uh, it's a whole new comedy world with new reference points, new language, new kinds of funny. And I I really think that uh, we are in need of new kinds of funny, different kinds of funny. Because at the moment, all the, you know, smart boys and chippy girls just seem to want to get on telly. And that's only one kind of comedy. And I'm about to drift into racism here, and I do apologise. but Feel free. I think there is a cultural problem. that When I was a researcher on, on London Weekend television uh, entertainment shows in the uh, 80s, uh, I was told to go out and find non-white uh, mm people to perform on those very extrovert shows and I found if I if I advertised in in the black newspapers I could get loads of black faces because West Indian and it's mainly West Indian yes. at that time culture is sort of extroverted to to be generalized uh, whereas if you try to get in Indian subcontinent people it was a nightmare because Indian subcontinent people were much more uh, uh, they were much less extrovert, and therefore they didn't want to appear on those sort of extrovert shows. And it might be something to do with comedy there, where perhaps Indians don't want to appear on stage and expose themselves, Mrs. for want of a better phrase. But on the other hand, uh, I think I was saying during the Jewish Comedy Day that uh, when I was watching Goodness Gracious Me, the, the Indian sitcom on BBC, it was basically a Jewish show. And that, I think the Jews and the Indian subcontinent people, really the Hindu Indians... Uh, are, are cut from the same cloth. That they've both got a very uh, in, not in, introverted, but they've got a, a less extrovert uh, social structure. Perhaps am I talking gibberish? No, you're not. But uh, if you watch um, or if you listen to, for example, some of Jocelyn G's stuff, or even uh, some of Stephen K. Amos when he's not being crap and bland. Uh, about um, about their home lives, about their mothers, about the families. That's all the same kind of you know the not the not domineering but dominant mother uh, pushing uh, slightly browbeaten father. Uh, it's it's much the same hierarchy. Is, Wouldn't you say? Is that the same with West Indian humour? 
I, I, I've run out of words because I'm, I'm just basically just sit back here and then let the Copstick talk. And because she's very ill, she can't really talk. Well, I can. Uh, yes, I can. can. I can burble. I can burble. I can burble. Uh, West Indian humour is it's more extrovert, though, isn't it? Is it? Nigerians are pretty full on. Well, they're not West Indies, though, are they? No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not yeah. only West Indian humour. But, but in Indian humour isn't quite that extrovert, though, is it? Uh, Indian oh, I see. Sorry, we go yes. from Indian to West Indian. Yes, I mean... I'm, How do you do that? I no, but I mean, what, black, black in Britain, by and large, means West Indian in some way. Recently, it's become proper Africans, as it were. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, it was always West Indians. That's and true. And therefore, black, black uh, society, black humour is sort of West Indian... Uh, at the moment, and then it might change to more African stuff. I'm talking complete gibberish. No, you're not. You're I not. Am, but no, but we've got. But now we've got uh, big uh, Nigerian communities. Yeah. Uh, and it, and that humour, I think, is it's very ballsy, and the characters are very ballsy. Yeah, and I don't know. The only non-West Indian humour I really know in any depth is Jambi McGrath, who's mm. a very good Kenyan comedian. Uh, we but she's very quiet and very ladylike. Really, yeah. quite girly in yeah. her yeah. comedy, yeah. less so in the, her meatier stuff. But um, I, she was she was here at our Jewish comedy she show. Was. Yet another non-Jew. Uh, we had uh, two Italians, a Spaniard, two French who left because they were in the wrong show. They didn't realise that till we started. A Welshman. A Welshman, an lovely. Amer an American. An American. Uh, Sarah Mason, who's basically American British. Now tell uh, me about Sarah Mason. American British, French, and uh, and uh, Swiss. She she shared my my flat in Edinburgh last year, partly. And who she? What she? How she? When she? Well, she she, she I think you see I, I I talk to people. I'm a very good comedy audience because people tell me jokes and then I forget them about two minutes later. Mm -hmm. In the same way, people tell me facts and I forget them two days later. You're you're a bit like a comedy goldfish. I am a comedy goldfish, and therefore a perfect audience, especially for Lewis Schaefer shows. Hello, we're here to start a podcast. No, sorry, and we carry on. And you, um, what's your name? Sarah Mason. Sarah. 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 Mason. Now, Sarah Mason is terribly interesting and uh, claims to be British, and I think possibly was British. She doesn't sound British. Oh, she sounds a bit British. Moved at an early age to Hollywood, where she went to Hollywood High, I think it's called, and mixed with all sorts of uh, uh, film brat children type people. Who are now uh, terribly famous. Who are now terribly famous. <gasps> that uh, sounds like an Edinburgh show to me, John. And uh, no, the Edinburgh show she has this year involves. Uh, a story that she has problems about wondering whether Spit or not... Spit it out. She wonders whether or not she should publicise this in advance too much. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that. How could you possibly not want to publicise an Edinburgh show? Because this involves paedophilia and an A-list uh, Hollywood actor. Uh, and I, I advised her not to mention the, the actor's name uh, before... We're talking paedophilia? We are. Well, I'm going to get... Myself into terrible trouble here, but are we talking paedophilia no one was babies, or are we? No, are we talking paedophilia babies? Are we talking about paedophilia hideous abuse, or are we talking paedophilia sixteen-year-old statutory rape? Hideous abuse of under sixteen-year-olds. Crikey! Uh, but uh, but there was an interesting. Huh? There was an interesting thing about whether or not the name should be mentioned. He hasn't because, answered that because the name is immediately recognisable. Uh, and the person is now dead, therefore there's not really a legal reason not right. to mention it. So it's it. not Richard Gere? I'm, I'm Richard Gere is as pure as a driven snow as far as I'm concerned. I know, it was just the gerbil thing. I just. I, I, of course I know, I'm, it's been discounted. I'm, but no, I think we've established it's not Richard Gere because he's still alive. And indeed, he's in the uh, second greatest Marigold Hotel. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, Opening today. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently so. I, 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 I know nothing about gerbils, but I do like the pet shop boys. Mm-hmm. That's what a pet shop boy... Okay, sorry, he's nodding. Oh, you can <coughs> see that. If, you, if, you want, if this bit gets cut out and put online, then you'll have seen that he nodded. Cause I'm not convinced I should put this online, because I am absolutely crap today. I don't know why. Don't be ridiculous. I think, I think it's the heat. It's not the heat. So, so okay. So, so far we've done African comedy. I've, I've, I've abused West Indians. Yep. Uh, we've, we've talked about uh, Sarah Mason. I still don't know who she is. Who? So she she was in Hollywood High. She has interesting stories, which strange I never managed to get out of her uh, when I when I shared a flat with her in Edinburgh last year. But Crikey! Is there a thousand and one? Uh... Oh, now just in case I I've been looking talking of Edinburgh. Uh, I've been looking online. There are f- there are two bedroom flats online for like. 10,000 quid a week? for the month of August. No, oh, for the month. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. I know, we'd better get our finger out. Well, well someone did tell me, in fact, the lovely uh, Janie Goddard told me she knew uh, an estate agent who told her, and apparently true, that uh, when, when estate agents uh, talked to people who wanted to rent their flats out in August during the Edinburgh Fringe, they said, how much is your annual mortgage? And that was what they charged for a month. Yeah, That's, yeah. that's a r- rough guideline. I think that's probably true. Oh, pretty much. That was always the, the kind of CISO... Uh, when I was living up there, that you could more or less pay your mortgage for the year. You call that living? Hey. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Now, you were, you were vaguely thinking of going back to Edinburgh. Yes. Like, well, um, apart from the Mama Biashara thing, because I've got the shop, the Mama Biashara Emporium in uh, West 12, in Shepherd Bush Green, that, not Westfield. Is that, Ma- is that Mama Biashara.co.uk? It's Mama dot. Oh, crikey! <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mama Biashara. Anyway, if, if you were to look for Mama Biashara. You just type in Mama Biashara. B I A S H A R A. There's not many of us around. But you'll find us on Facebook. Anyway, apart from raising all the money for what we do in Kenya uh, through the shop. And what sort of things do you do in Kenya? Oh, here we go, John. Uh, I'm, uh, well, at the moment, we are setting, we set women up. In, uh, in small businesses to make them independent. Usually, in fact, I was just thinking the other day, almost exclusively now, the, the women are commercial sex workers because commercial sex work is where a woman in Kenya goes as an absolute last resort. When she's got no other way of making money, she goes to the street, as they say. And what does Mama Biashara mean? Business mother. You're just clutching at straws here. We've talked about this before. Oh, not, not to these, these fine podcast people, though. Really? No, no. Oh, right. Uh, so, Mama Biashara, which means business mother, we, uh, sets these women up in small businesses, um, subsistence businesses. We don't do that thing of, oh, we sit around and do uh, talk about empowerment and then teach them how to be yashmaks. Uh, they sell things they sell there. Um Uji, porridge and uh, chicken and stuff that will make them. Basically, I work on the basis that I we we sit down, we work it out, we work out what the business is, we make sure there are orders for them, uh, they get their grant today and they get their first profit tomorrow. Um, otherwise, what's the point? So, uh, why was I talking about that? Uh, 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 I, I just uh, asked you randomly what, what you did in Kenya. Oh, yes, no, why I was going up to Edinburgh. Um, so the, the only thing that's really keeping me down here, apart from you, John, and these of fine course, podcasts, course, which you could probably do by Skype, and will have to when I'm in Kenya, um, there's nothing really down here that... You know, I used to... When I was in telly, and there, there was... Everything was down here. 
But no, I'm not in telly. I'm broke. Uh, and as a result of an accident in Kenya. <laughs> uh, as a result of Mama Biashara. Uh, hey, wasn't you broke your hip? Hilarious. Classic. I mean, he says he's not on form today, but I ask you. Uh, okay, I'm broke hip-wise uh, and broke financially, both as a result of Molly Biashara, really. So I can't do London-y things, and London is not a great place to be poor, I think we'll agree. I mean, okay, now there's free comedy clubs and we can go there, but you still need to buy a pint, and that's £2.50. I, I find London... When I came down here at first, which was in the mid-80s... 1880s. Thank you. Um, London made me feel poor. It really made me feel like a pleb. And it's doing that again. Because um, it's just full of things that I can't afford to do. But you're, you're the famous cake cop stick. You can get free tickets to anything. No, I can't. I really can't. I mean, there, there are uh, comedy clubs I can slip into. And uh, I have been vouchsafed... Uh, a ticket for uh, Kim Noble's ah, show. Whom you adore. Oh, my God. I, how many people have you met or seen, you know, whose shows you've seen, that you would call a genius? Genuinely. Uh, I don't know. And that's why I'm not a performer. Uh, three. Three? Who are they? No idea. Now, come along, John. Uh, genius, genius, genius. I don't genius. know. Genius. Uh, Kate Hopstick. Uh, uh, I've never seen anyone who I would call a genius Uh well thank you Uh, and I think most people if they're honest haven't you're still thinking about it now and that's good I'll come back to you with that same question Um, I think I believe with every fibre of my being that Kim Noble is a genius I think he's brave uh, we were one of the things uh, as we went into the uh, 56th minute of our 40 minute show today at the Jewish Comedy Day um, was there was uh, it was the lovely Sarah Mason um, and Jambi McGrath were, were asking what we thought made uh, a good Edinburgh show. Well, frankly, just asking you rather than me because I don't know. Well, you answered first. Um, and we said, well, I said, uh, passion. And honesty, and having your own voice and not being afraid to speak out loud with it, and that is exactly what what Kim Noble does. I think he's it, it's very difficult to if you simply describe what he does, it might sound slightly off putting, but it's utterly, absolutely spell. Bindingly, breathtakingly brilliant. But if what you need for a good show is passion, honesty and a big mouth, you should be doing shows. <laughs> I'm doing this, John. Are you, and, and of course, the increasingly prestigious Malcolm Hardy Awards. Uh, and the increasingly prestigious or, Malcolm Hardy Awards. And the increasingly prestigious Grouchy Club. Which is on in Edinburgh from the, apparently the 14th to the 30th now. 14th? When, is, when does the fringe start this time? I can't remember. I think it's about, around about the 1st, isn't it? Is it the 1st? That's know. OK, because I can get... So just anybody who is doing, I'm just saying, I'm assuming that the Scotsman want me back, which might be a big assumption. I think not. Oh, I don't know. The doyen of, uh, of uh, comedy <sighs> critics. Who cares about doyens anymore? Um, anyway, if you've got a show that's on between 
When are we on, John? 14th to the 30th. No, 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 time, in, time of the day? Time of the uh, day? 3.45 to 4.45. Right, so if you've got a show that's between 3 and 5, uh, then do feel free to get in touch with me and... No, uh, what? oh, I see, sorry, carry on. And get me to come and see your show before the 14th. So if you're one of these highfalutin comics with expensive PR who are going to turn around and say something to me like, um, sorry, Simon's show is really not quite ready yet. We'd like to come out for the 19th. Then fuck you. Because if your show's on between those two dates, I can only really come uh, before the 14th because I wouldn't want to leave John on his own because he might not be on form. And, um, and well. might be uh, like some sort of trendy... Uh, uh, I can't, I can't speak. See, that's the no, problem. you can't. His, no, his, no, his no. creativity is leeching out yeah. in diarrhoea-coloured fluid from his little clenched bottom as we speak. It's why the shot is... See, down here, it's just... Don't even... No, don't go there. Don't go this there. This is not for the audio, audio audience. Uh, it hasn't been in the toilet for at least, well, since it started, about 20 minutes. And I haven't been really? In, yeah, I know. Well done. Well, well, 20, that, that cork's working. Tw- 25 minutes we've been going and I haven't been to the toilet once. Nor me. Should we go together? Oh, we could. Well, how long is this meant to be? About this distance. Should we go now? All right. Yeah, OK. Oh, uh, <coughs> sorry. <laughs>